and welcome to this podcast. I'm Anju Ghangurde, Executive Editor for the Asia-Pacific Region with Script and Pink Sheet. And today I'm joined by Dr. Rahul Purwar, founder of the Indian Cell and Gene Therapy Company, Immunoadaptive Cell Therapy Private Limited, ImmunoAct for short. ImmunoAct was incorporated incubated under the aegis of the Indian Institute of Technology Bombay Business Incubator, Society for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Last year, the Hyderabad-based Loris Labs acquired close to 27% in ImmunoAct. Now, ImmunoAct has a pipeline of CAR-T therapy assets in various stages of development for the treatment of multiple autoimmune diseases and oncology indications, and hopes to be the first company in India to develop and launch a cut price CAR-T therapy. It has a candidate currently in clinical trials for specific types of hematologic cancer. We expect to discuss developments around the most advanced therapy and more. Now, it's also interesting to know that ImmunoAct comes with strong global partnerships and has US cancer cell therapy pioneer, Dr. Carl June, as member of its scientific advisory board. Many of you would perhaps know that Dr. June and his lab undertook the first clinical evaluation of gene-modified T-cells to begin with in those with HIV AIDS and then in patients with advanced leukemia using CAR-T cell therapy. The cellular therapy was granted breakthrough therapy status by the US FDA for acute leukemia in children and adults in 2014, and then went on to be approved as the first personalized cellular therapy for cancer, Novartis's Kimraya in 2017, as we know. So we have a lot to talk about. Welcome Dr. Purwar to the podcast, and thank you so much for your time today. Thanks a lot, Anju, for having me. Thanks a lot. Uh, so let's begin then at the very beginning. Tell us, Dr. Forbar, how how did the ImmunoAct dream and journey actually begin? Because you hold a PhD degree in molecular medicine from Hanover Medical School in Germany, and then you do, did your postdoc training from Harvard Medical. Now, is that where this whole idea took wings? And also, how challenging was it? I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't too easy to convince the Tata Trust and the Vadwani Research Center for Bioengineering, CSIR, etc., to back something that's so cutting edge in a country where even the frontline pharma companies are still playing at the fringes. Yes, Anju, you are absolutely right. It has been a very, very uh, interesting journey so far. And regarding the idea where it is all generated, uh, Actually, it started when I joined as a faculty member here in IIT Bombay, and it's related to my uh, previous experiences in at Harvard Medical School as well as in Hanover Medical School in Germany during my PhD. So right from my PhD days, I was involved in T cell research. So I was working on T cells for inflammation. And during my postdoctoral fellowship, I worked on T cell in cancer. In fact, we have engineered one specific subset of T cell called TH9 cells for melanoma cancer. And we had shown that TH9 cells are the superior cell 
for killing the melanoma cells. This was kind of a cell therapy. And when I was working on this non-genetically modified T cells, that's the time these CAR T cells was in clinical development. And there was a lot of good data coming out on how these genetically modified T cells can cure the cancer. And that was the motivation when I started my own lab. I thought I have a training in cell therapy. I have training in T cell research. And this particular genetic modification of T cells can cure cancer. And this is not going to be uh, coming very soon in India like country, which you mentioned that in India, there are so many challenges. And so that's the reason why I thought if I develop indigenously this kind of modality or this kind of cancer treatment, that would be affordable and accessible to many. And another motivation actually came uh, when I met uh, doctors in Tata Hospital. Because what I felt when I visited Tata Hospital, there is a huge need of these new treatment which can actually cure cancer. However, when there's a need, there's nothing available in our country. So there's a need in this part of the world, but treatments are not, especially these immunotherapy, cell and gene therapy, these kind of treatments are not available. And one of the major reasons why they are not available is the affordability and accessibility. So right now in India, CAR-T is not afford, uh, accessible at as a standard of care at any price. And now we are basically trying that we can develop this kind of treatment in India and make it affordable and accessible to all who might benefit from this technology. Uh, and uh, what about the bit about, you know, actually convincing the investors to back you? Yeah, so uh, last eight years we have been funded by mainly by the IIT Bombay and Tata Trust. Tata Trust, you may be knowing, it's a philanthropic organization that supports research and the many other activities. And they funded us as a R&D project. Very recently, uh, last year, the Loras Lab who invested in us, and probably the reason they invested in us was that we are the one who are making CAR T cell affordable and accessible to many, many patients who will benefit from this. Our platform as well as our process. So if you see the platform which uh, has two major components, one is product and another is process. And both are indigenously developed. And that will ensure that affordability uh, to many, many patients. And now this platform is validated in phase one clinical trial. So uh, the risk is mitigated that this product will be successful because it has shown very good results, encouraging results so far. And I think that could convince the invest investor that risk is uh, mitigated at, at least up to the certain level. And maybe uh, there's a hope we can really make a big impact on the society by treating many, many patients. Uh, that's really interesting. So clearly good science and great ideas will draw investor attention, even if it's in this part of the world, and even though at times it may take a little bit of a wait. So uh, before I move on to ImmunoAct's clinical candidate, uh, this very interesting connect you have with Dr. Carl June. 
who is on Immuno Act's advisory board. So is there any critical advice or any interesting you know, advice that uh, he would have shared along the way that could actually help Immuno Act somewhere down the line? Carl June and our association with UPenn. Uh, so we have Carl June as well as one of the other faculty member, Dr. Avery Posey. Both are in our scientific advisory board. And one of the critical thing is that Carl June as well as Avery Posey believed in us, believed in our work, despite uh, our product is very similar to their product, which they licensed to Novartis. And but they I think they also believe that involvement of India in this kind of cell and gene therapy will make cell and gene therapy field accessible to many, many people who will benefit from it. Because you know that uh, this therapy in the US or in Europe or wherever it is available in fact only I think Japan in Asia is extremely expensive and this is not going to be affordable for many, many people in LMIC, low, low middle income country or the people with low resource settings. So I think they also felt that uh, helping us uh, being in scientific advisory board or helping us in process development or connecting us to the right set of people abroad who have uh, who have either developed these product or conducting the clinical trials is in benefit of the many, many patients. And it will ultimately bring cell and gene therapy to all the people who need it. Plus, it will have a lot of society impact. So I think that's what they feel. That's why they got connected. And one of the advice to us, what they are telling, which is critical advice, is that we have to ensure that we are always having up to date with our platform. We are bringing new product as soon as possible to our patient so that we should not stuck with one product or only one platform. We have to bring new products. This is one critical advice so that we become multi-product company. Plus, we have to be uh, like very flexible with the new platform technologies. So one of the example I will give you is right now uh, in the manufacturing process, it takes a week at least for the manufacturing process. But there are new system are coming or new processes are coming which are very short duration process. So we have to be, I think, flexible uh, to adopt new platform and new technologies and bring new product. I think that's their one of the critical advice to us. That's uh, really interesting and it's really uh, great to know that, you know, these great scientific minds are all willing to come together uh, at, a, at a level uh, and across countries. So now let's touch upon the pipeline bit. Now, ImmunoAct's first product, uh, HCAR19, is being studied in multiple indications, including B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, etc. And you apparently have some interesting early data. Could you share some of the top line highlights? And um, are you planning global studies, say in the US, Europe, etc. currently? So uh, right now, our first product is CD19 CAR-T, which is nearing completion for the phase one trial. And currently we are very busy in regulatory process to start the phase two trial. And this phase two trial would be multi-centric trial. It will start in uh, 
three to four different cities in five to six different hospitals. So this is regarding the first product. Second product and third product, which are two products in uh, the pipeline, we haven't disclosed the products, but they are under preclinical development. So we are running the animal studies for one product and second product we are still in the lab stage. So this is our little bit about pipeline of the products. Second, your question was, are we planning to go uh, overseas for launching these new products? Yes, we haven't like completely ready yet, but we have we have been discussing with few large pharmaceuticals who can take our products to the market, for example, to even South Africa, right, where there's still no approved drug available, uh, also to Mexico. So there, there is enough, uh, I think, many countries where CAR T or cell and gene therapies are not available still. So those are the markets we want to go first, uh, because the reason of not available uh, availability is that uh, it's not affordable. So since our product is going to be affordable, uh, it's much lower at the one tenth of the cost than the current pro uh, products available. I think we can make a difference and we can go to those uh, countries and can help patients. That's uh, you know really encouraging to know that uh, it could have a much wider impact beyond uh, just India. So now in terms of competitive landscape and from what you probably know so far about HCAR uh, 19, uh, you also mentioned that your product is somewhat similar to uh, you know Nova the Novartis product. Could you give us some broad understanding on how it broadly compares with, you know, some of the on-market CD19 targeting CAR-Ts, say, uh, you know, Brianzi or uh, that's the Bristol Myers Squip product or Kimraya, which is the Novartis product or Kite and Gilead's Tecartis. Or then you, we even have now a local competitor, Immunil, the CD19 CAR-T cell therapy that they are developing. So how is it actually similar or different? Um, so Anju, what we have done is that we develop the CD19 product. And if you see in the CAR-T product, the design of the CAR construct is very important factor for the outcome. So for the results in the patient. So design of the CAR-T is extremely important for the CAR-T efficacy in the patient. And the design which we have done ensures that the efficacy is excellent or efficacy is as uh, good as the available competitor product, but the toxicity is not bad. That means it is not too toxic. So toxicity is less and efficacy is high. That's what our the novel design of our CD19 construct ensures. It's a very good balance of efficacy and toxicity. And this design of the car we patented and very recently I'm happy to uh, tell you that last month a patent is granted uh, for our product. So the product which we are having is a novel product which ensure very good efficacy to toxicity balance compared to the competitor's car and the patent is also granted to us. Okay, that's really interesting. So may I clarify, is this a patent uh, in the US or, or is it a, a, a overall uh, you know, patent that runs across multi-country? Multi 
So the we applied to the US uh, through the PCT application. So it's a multiple countries, but specifically we applied in US. But the last month the patent is granted is in India. So the Indian Patent Office granted the patent. Uh, so, you know, I also want to quickly touch upon the other product, one of the other very interesting products that's in your pipeline, and that's a product for glioblastoma. Uh, where are we currently on this and what are the plans to take this ahead? So uh, are you looking at collaborations? I'm asking you this because, you know, there were some studies that said there are an estimated 70 clinical trials currently testing immunotherapy for either primary or secondary brain tumors. So it's a competitive landscape. That's correct. That's correct. So uh, what we are doing is right now we are doing animal studies to examine the efficacy and toxicity of the our this new product, which is upcoming product for the glioblastoma. The same product will be used for osteosarcoma and the neuroblastoma. So uh, the idea is that uh, once the animal studies are successful, once we know that it's really, really work in the animal studies, it has less toxicity. That's the time we will go in the clinic. And right now we are our clinical partner. We are collaborating with Tata Hospital in Mumbai, but clinical trial, the, even the phase one clinical trial will run in multiple hospitals in India. So we will collaborate. We will sponsor the phase one multi-center clinical trial in the due course in multiple cities and in multiple hospitals. OK, so that's a work in progress. That's uh, let's let's also you know touch upon the big issue, I mean, the mega pricing issue, which you referred to uh, previously. Now, uh, CAR-T therapies at current prices, as you mentioned also, are beyond the reach of most, if not all patients in the developing world. And in a past interaction that we've had, you actually said that you hope to develop an indigenous CAR-T that is cheaper by over 90% compared to some of the existing therapies. Now, do you still expect to deliver on this or can it be even more affordable? Because as you know, we're talking of Timraya's $475,000 per patient sticker price and Gilead's Yeskata, which has a US list price of $373,000 in diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. Now, that's way, way beyond what most Indians or you know many people can afford. So how are you going to tackle this? Yes, uh, Anju, I remember we, I think, uh, interviewed last uh, almost year or two years back. That time I told you that we will bring the cost almost one tenth or 90 percent cost reduction. And I'm still with my words. We still hope. Uh, in fact, we believe that we will ensure that the one tenth of the cost, 90 percent cost reduction. And I think we are right on the target and our as per our current plans, we will be definitely achieving that goal so that I can assure you that we will bring quality at one tenth of the cost to all the patients who will benefit from it. Yes. Right. So you're actually talking of something like, uh, you know, 20 to 30 lakh Indian rupees. That is, you know, roughly 25 to 35 or say $40,000 a patient. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. So our aim is to bring the CAR-T as affordable 
as possible and bring the cost almost equivalent to bone marrow transplant. So bone marrow transplant is one of the other modalities where the cell therapy is used. And if we bring the CAR T cost in that range, many Indians can afford it. Many of our patients can afford it. And also it will be affordable to all the patients are, who are in LMICs. That's really remarkable, uh, Dr. Purwar. And I guess it could be a real game changer if all goes as per plan. Uh, so let me now move to the recent corporate development uh, that you touched upon. That is Loris acquiring roughly 27% stake in ImmunoAct. Now, how do both companies expect to leverage and combine strengths in a way that will accelerate the development of uh, ImmunoAct's portfolio? Or then would Loris essentially be just a financial partner? I think and I really believe in this that uh, Loris coming to uh, Loris and ImmunoAct coming together, it created very good synergistic effect because Loras has lots and lots of experience with the global. It's a global company, right? So they have a lot of global connects. They have a very good, I think, profile of the business and a lot of good products they are having. They provide very good services. So they have a system in place which is excellent, excellent system working for the services, product and the global visibility. And this is probably right now Immunoact needs. Immunoact is right now an Indian company developed the entire indigenous program. But now how this R&D work can be benefited or can be translated into the business model, a successful business model. And I think that's the place Loras will help us, uh, not just financially, it's not just a financial partner, uh, but also helping us building an organization which can be today maybe local but tomorrow we want to become global so i think this transition and helping many patients not just in india helping patients in all the countries where the patient can be benefited from cell and gene therapy i think loras is a good partner who can take us uh, to those places so that's i think uh, the partnership at is i envision that's really interesting. So uh, it's kind of uh, Loris can handhold ImmunoAct's acts transition to the global stage. That's really interesting. So uh, let's also touch upon another critical aspect. You know, how does ImmunoAct plan to tackle the scale up bit for CARTIs given the manufacturing complexities? Because when we speak to experts for autologous products, uh, they say that you know, there's this very interesting saying that we do not have an inventory when it comes to autologous products. So if a batch goes wrong in manufacturing, then a patient does not get their medicine. And you recently announced a new site in Maharashtra that can actually produce, I mean, as per reports, or, uh, you know, treat about 1,200 1, patients annually. Could you share some specifics on these plans and some of how you expect to handle some of the complexities? Yes. So this is our uh, right scale up plan that earlier we were in a small facility and now we have built a very large facility around 15,000 square feet area. This is a GMP facility where our head office is also there. So this facility is large enough to provide end to end solution of the CAR-T manufacturing. As you said, CAR-T manufacturing is a complex process. It involves lot of quality control because ultimately the product goes to the patient 
infused inside the patient. So we have to ensure an excellent quality control. Then we have something called gene delivery vehicle, which are vectors which uh, transfer the, a particular gene in the immune cells. So that manufacturing of the vector. And then third come the CAR T manufacture from the patient blood. So all these different parts of the processes should be integrated together and should be performed at one place, which is like really, really an excellent, very clean environment. And this is the facility which we created in, uh, in Mumbai, in Maharashtra. And this facility is large enough to scale up our CAR-T production and can cater almost 1200 plus patients a year very easily and our current plan is that this facility would be a centralized facility it's an integrated facility to provide end-to-end -end solution and this currently this will provide the CAR-T to all the uh, clinical trial site and whenever we further want to scale up we will go to uh, a different part of the country. Right now we are in the west part of the country. We can go to south like Hyderabad. Then we can go to north like Delhi where we will build these uh, facilities and cater the patients of that particular region. So we would be a hybrid model. We will not be completely centralized, but we can't be completely decentralized as well. Where So we will uh, have facility in all four corners of the country, which will cater that locally the CAR-T manufacturing. So that's how our further scale up plan is. Uh, thanks. That's all really very exciting, uh, you know, for Indian science overall. Let's also now just touch upon the regulatory piece. We've seen some regulatory progress in India in the gene therapy area, uh, India's new drugs and clinical trial rules 2019 included gene therapeutic product under the new drug definition. Then there are the national guidelines for gene therapy product development and clinical trials, etc. But uh, as a scientist, do you see the regulatory capacity building as adequate as things begin to advance? And also the overall ecosystem, especially the people factor, the skill sets factor. How are these things placed for now? And can we perhaps learned from China's stellar growth in cell and gene therapy. As you know, uh, China ranks second in terms of global development of gene and cell therapies after the US. Cell and gene therapy, the field is very new. So the regulatory processes are also evolving as the field is growing. The field is growing rapidly, of course. And I think regulatory uh, guideline, as you mentioned, NDCT, which is a new drug and clinical trial guidelines or the gene therapy guideline, they also just uh, recently been announced in India. So our regulatory framework, yes, now it is improving a lot and uh, there is some framework already there. And I think uh, our regulators are very open to discuss and support uh, this kind of uh, development. So that's very encouraging when you can talk to regulators, they listen to you and then they help you in uh, building uh, the or putting all the pieces together to ensure that you reach to the clinical trial. So regulatory framework, yes, it is improved in last few years when we last spoke. I think last three years, many guidelines came. Plus, 
I think the regulatory, the person-to-person interaction is also there now uh, with our Indian regulators where you can go and uh, discuss with them and understand what are the clinical needs so that you take their feedback and then uh, design the study and design the facility. So things are, you can call it in one sentence, things are work in progress as the field rapidly growing. I think regulatory framework is also evolving. Uh, so it's encouraging to know that the you know regulatory framework is at least trying to move along and keep pace with the developments. That's um, so uh, you know finally um, uh, you're at the cutting edge of science in more ways than one. So I'd, I'd really like to have your views on uh, on expanding the use of CAR T cell therapies in solid tumors and also you know using other cell-based therapies beyond cancer in areas like Alzheimer's. And then I'm really keen also to know your views on the exciting success that we've recently seen with checkpoint inhibitor dostarlimab in rectal cancer. Though, of course, it is in a small specific group and of course that needs to be replicated. But could you share your overall overarching views on some of these developments? So CAR-T in solid tumor or even beyond oncology, right now it's an investigational stage there are many barriers to cross, but I really believe that at some point CAR-T will be successful for solid tumor as well. Probably not as a single uh, line treatment, but as a combinatorial treatment. CAR-T with probably checkpoint inhibitors, which you just spoke last, that CAR-T can be combined with those kind of checkpoint inhibitors, anti-PDL1 or CTLA4, and together they may be uh, helping in cancer cure. Of course, there are, there are a lot of clinical trials happening already, and I think they will address some of these questions. And I am hoping that CAR-T will be soon successful in solid, solid tumor as well. Regarding uh, CAR-T beyond even oncology, there was a very recent report of CAR-T in the heart attack. So uh, CAR-T can be good for heart attack patients, which is, I think, never been thought of. CAR-T is also successful for HIV cure, cure of HIV. So CAR-T is now, I think the entire field is evolving, as I said, and CAR-T soon will be good. Not only CAR-T, uh, your question was also beyond uh, CAR-T cell, CAR macrophages are coming, CAR NK cells are coming. So I think uh, some there is a recent report of CAR B cells. So lot of different type of cell therapy would be there which are uh, genetically modified, not just T-cell, it could be NK-cell, CAR-NK, CAR-macrophages, CAR-B, which will be good for different type of treatments. So I think field is growing and you will see, Anju, in some time that uh, there are a lot of good treatment which are intended to cure, not just extending life, not just improving quality of life, but intention would be to cure the disease not just postponing the effects. And this, I think, cell and gene therapy has that kind of potential. That's really interesting. So clearly we are moving towards uh, curative therapies, as you mentioned. Thank you, Dr. Purvar, for those fascinating insights. And we look forward to the progress of ImmunoAct's CAR-T portfolio. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Anju, for having me. Thanks a lot.